Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Cal. It's only films to be buried with The Resurrection. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a sock hanger, and I love films. As Stephen Maraboli once said, Letting go means to come to the realisation some people are a part of your history, but not a part of your destiny. And the film Annette is a wild, wild ride definitely worth getting on. Wow, yeah, Steve Maraboli, I concur. Well done, son, good point. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. But not this week! This week I use my newly acquired shamanic powers to bring back a former guest from the dead and ask them 12 new questions. And this week sees the return back to life of the brilliant, the wonderful, amazing stand-up and writer, Mr. Sean McLaughlin. Announcement! I'll be doing a huge live, films to be buried with live, 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 live at the South Bank Centre on Saturday 12th of February, two days before Valentine's. Bring a date, bring someone you want to ask out. It's going to be a hot one. Tickets are going fast. They're available at southbankcentre.co.uk and placive.co.uk. Saturday 12th of February, South Bank Centre. Be there. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes with Sean. We go deep. We talk about beginnings and endings. You get a disgusting secret from him. You also get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and there's a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. As usual, watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. Also, the film we made in 2015, Super Bob, is finally available on Amazon Prime in the States, as it is in other countries. And you can also watch Soulmates on Amazon Prime. So... Sean McLaughlin is one of the great stand-ups in the UK. I'm a huge fan of him as a comic and as a man and as a friend. We hadn't seen each other in a while. This was a very lovely chance for us to hang out. I loved it. I hope you love it. He's brilliant. I think you're going to love it. Love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 181 of Films to be Buried with. The Resurrection! Oh, one thing to note maybe needs to be added in, which is... The sound may not be the best it's ever been on this episode. We had some problems with the mics. Buddy Peace, the genius producer, has done everything he can to fix it. Hopefully it'll be fine. If it's not fine, the content's really good. Please do your best to cope with it. And we may have this problem one more time and then all back to normal, okay? Thanks for understanding. All right, lots of love. Okay, bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. Hello 
and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer, an actor, a stand-up comedian, a many, many specials released now man. You can see all of his specials on the YouTubes, I believe, and they're all fantastic. And the last one is one of the great specials of all time. He's a husband, he's a lover, he's a peacemaker, and he is also someone who masturbates heavily. <laughs> Please, <laughs> welcome to the show. He's coming back. He's one of the all-time great apps, one of my favourite people. I can't believe he's come back, even after all we've been through together. Here he is. He's finally here. Can you believe it? Please welcome back to the show. It's the brilliant, it's Mr. Sean McLaughlin! Thank you, thank you. That introduction really did, um, really, really did plumb the depths, didn't it, Brett? <laughs> the thing is, I wanted the introduction to be long because I think you deserve it, and I, I ran out of actual um, jobs, even though I'm sure there were more. But I don't need, I don't need all the jobs. That's the thing. I, I've listened to a few of these. I, I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, not all the time, you know, in and out. Sure, sure, you, sure. You, you, you big names, aren't they? I, I, yeah, only the big, only the big boys. You talk to a lot of, I suppose, what they call sort of polymaths, people who are multi, sort of in... Multi-hyphenates. Yes. And it's fine that I'm not one of those. You're pretty so, multi. You've got three. I've got three, but you, you did about seven there. Husband. I count that as a, as a gig. Well, it's a gig. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a... It's not like, oh, like you went on Jimmy Kimmel, didn't you? Because you yeah. were oh, you're on a big TV show. Sure. They're not going like, and next up we have someone's husband... <laughs> yeah, but according to all 80s comedians, that's a job. Yeah, it is a job. It's a slog. What can I say? Yeah, hardest job in the world. <laughs> Lugging this ball and chain around. Sean McLaughlin, I ain't seen you in ages. I love you. I don't mind saying it. Don't mind saying Thanks, it to man. your face. It's good to have you back. When did we last see each other? I saw you, I was thinking this, three yeah. times mm. during the pandemic when you were living very close to me and now you're in LA, you're in uh, the city of angels. Yes. Um, I died. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you, I think I saw you pre Ted Lasso yeah. and post Ted Lasso. And it was great seeing both of those things. And then I think I, there was one rogue meeting when we were both running through the same park. Yeah, that's you, right. You looked like, uh, like a man in like an Adidas advert. Like you were, everything was perfect. And I was like a scarecrow who'd been enchanted and was <laughs> running away from a wizard. And I was so ashamed to even be next to you. That is not true. You looked fit as fuck. And I tell you what, this is how much I love you, is I was trying to break a PB. I was on a run. I was on a PB run. I was trying to beat my own PB. I saw you. There was a split second where I was like, am I going to stop and ruin this run? Yes, I am, because I love that man. I love oh, that that's right. That's really good to know. Did you? Yeah. I, what have you since broken that PB? Uh, well, that that day's PB was about four hours because of you. Four hours for one mile. So I'm not sure okay. uh, that was it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the, the good thing I like about you, Brett, is you don't you don't hold a grudge. <laughs> so yeah, you we we used to live very near each other, and I like that. And once we met up for a coffee in a place, and they put us in in chairs that were so low and grand. <laughs> We look like sort of fat Henry VIII. Yeah, teams. I remember that. We look like fat Maybe Henry VIII. Yeah, fat Henry. You, you think Henry VIII's fat now? Next to us, he'd be very svelte. <laughs> Should have seen us. Just give us a quick update on your life since we last saw you. Still married, that's still going on. 
when was I last on the show? I think I've I think I wasn't married when I was on the show. No, I think I can't believe that. I must have been married. You've um, been married. married to the well, this is I'm now well, I'm still married, but it's to a different woman. Mm. That was my first wife. She died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tragically or comically? Uh, depends. I mean, it, or is it all death, both tragic and comic? <laughs> she um, f- she fell over and hit her buttocks so hard that. Uh, <laughs> She died of shame. So what? Yeah, pretty sad. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, I remember the funeral. A very wide coffin. Um, <laughs> so you, you married your new wife. You, you recently went on holiday. I only know this because I follow your wife on Instagram and in life. Mm. And um, sounds like you got up to a couple of comic mishaps. <laughs> Tell us about them, Sean. That was like um, like Jay Leno in his pub. <laughs> Tell me about a funny anecdote Ooh. in your recent life, please. Tell me about a funny anecdote my researcher wrote down that I can't be bothered to read. No, it, it was fine. We went to... I've been doing a lot of work. I feel very lucky uh, mm. since we... You know, in the last six months, we were able to do gigs again. And I said yes to um, to everything. As I think... Yeah, I think you're in the same boat. And the thing mm. is, you say yes to everything. Yeah. And I sort of think, well, half of them won't happen. But the problem is when they all happen, you're absolutely yes. fucked. Yes. And uh, so but I'm very grateful, but we hadn't had much time together. My wife booked desperately cheap flights to Sicily in Italy. Ooh. Because uh, I, pe- I think people don't know this maybe in other countries, because I assume you have a lot of North Americans and, and the like listening to this. You can fly from the UK to, like, other countries for so cheap like our flight back from sicily was five pounds each jesus christ which is so cheap it's mad that you can fly all over europe for cheaper than it takes to get a train to manchester yeah that's it is crazy what's fucked that's yeah, fucked. fucked that's why we've got climate change <laughs> it's the fucking train companies yeah um but it was fine i mean the thing is with you know you go on a holiday and i don't know about you i was, I was like oh it'd be good to relax a bit how long does it take you to relax and do you well, at all? There was no relaxation because we, we, we broke the law one second after <laughs> landing. Because <laughs> you're meant to take an arrival test when you get into Italy. But we just left the airport. And then I went in. I went in. I went in basically to have diarrhea. I have to go back and have diarrhea in the, in the airport. And as I was there, there was an announcement saying, anyone who's just arrived from England has to take a COVID test immediately. And I had to run out and get my wife and go, we have to get a COVID test. Mm. Got it. Then went to get a rental car. I mean, we got, I don't drive big cars. We were given this mega car that exploded <laughs> basically as soon as I t- turned on the engine. Like it genuinely, <laughs> and I was driving it down the street a bit and then I had to take it back. And then we got given another one. And we went into, but but we got given a Renault Clio, which is exactly my ballpark. Your car. speed, yeah, it's exactly. my speed. It's a one point six. It's it's teeny. It's barely a car. You're very tall. You look sort of like you have to open the sunroof to get in it. It's a it's a comical car for what I would describe yeah. as a comical man. Agreed. And the problem with it is the people of Sicily, mm-hmm. and I love Italy, but they sort of view all roadsides and traffic lights as sort of advisory. <laughs> and so that car was absolutely fucked by day three. Like it was fucked. Like we was, I was saying to my wife, if they, honestly, they won't take this car back. Like they'll say, this is your car now. You have to just buy it off. 
we drove back from Catania. Well, no, we, dro- we drove through Catania, which is this really amazing city, but it is like, it's rough around the edges. Got a flat tyre. I called up an Italian man <laughs> to come and fix it. He turns up with the biggest tow truck you've ever seen. I was having lunch with my wife. I saw the tow truck. I went, I'll just go see him, change the tyre, and then I'll come back to you. And then one minute later, I was in his tow truck being driven to the outskirts of town. So Because he says, I cannot do it here. Spatio, spatio, spatio. And my wife goes, where are you? I go, I'm in the tow truck that is driving past you right now. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was very, um, I guess it was an adventure. I think it took me too long yeah. into the trip to realise we were having an adventure and not a holiday. And that's the difference. Both that's of them so are great. Good. But that's I think so I wanted a holiday. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted a film like The Holiday. Yeah. You know? And instead yeah. I got like National Lampoon's Vacation. Instead, you got the end of the holiday just running through the snow in high heels. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, yeah. Also, what I did like, just from your wife's Instagram stories, was while you had vanished, I was sort of following the story of this through her Insta stories. Mm. She had a nice cocktail and a lunch and just seemed to sort of, she at one point said, I don't know where my husband is. He's just been driven off in a massive tow truck and may never see him again. Bottoms yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was um, it was a real win-win for her. I think. I think she <laughs> bit of time alone, and husband potentially killed. I mean, really, the thing with Sicily as well is it is the whole island feels like a gangster film. You know, right. it's where the mafia kind of were born, and and I, I'm not. If I was a location scout for a film and I wanted to find somewhere where you would kill a tourist and definitely get away with it, it is the abandoned railway station <laughs> where this mechanic drove me to <laughs> as he put uh, on a spare tire that was yeah. genuinely also flat <laughs> we just like grazie 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 mille grazie mille grazie mille muchos muchos <laughs> uh, well, that sounds like a wonderful adventure it was okay Sean McLaughlin you have been resurrected you have been brought back to life because I like you so much. However, what point in your life would you like to be brought back to? Any regrets you'd like to change? Or will you return to now? Decide, or I'll kill you again. <laughs> I listened to a couple of episodes of this, by the way. Yeah. Just because you ask people to, you always go, you beg mm. the guests to listen mm. to it, presumably to boost the numbers. And, and at the end of the letter it says, like and subscribe. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I don't think like you go, you're going in two-footed on me. Like, I know that you do this to the other guests. <laughs> you don't threaten to kill the other guests again. This is the first time I've threatened to kill this early in the show. <laughs> A man who's already deceased. <laughs> yeah. I'll go back. I, I wouldn't go back anywhere. I guess I just, I'm, I'm happy where I am. Come back to now. Wouldn't change anything. I scored a goal mm. when I was 15 in Sunday League football. Yeah. That I do think was probably the high point in my life. So maybe I'd go back to like 15 seconds before I scored that goal. Oh, wow. I scored a header from outside the area that equalised a game. And it was, re- well, yeah, it was really good. Here's my concern with that. A, I get it. I totally get it. And I'd love to relive that moment with you. But 15 seconds, you're bang, you're in it. Maybe in the hesitation of like, oh, God, oh, I'm here. You, you, you missed the shot. I, I'd go like one second, like as you've already started to jump. Yeah. Then you're in, bang. 
Yeah, that's, you know I mean? that's, that's, that's true. Who knows what sort of butterfly effect, you know, if I hadn't have scored that, then yeah, like maybe I'd miss it. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and who yeah, knows, something next? terrible could happen, like Trump wouldn't win or, you know. <laughs> but going back to 15 seconds, which is what you're doing, because you've chosen that. So I just hope you're ready for that book. You then got to live everything else up to now. How do you feel about going through all that stuff again? Yeah, I just, just that's that's the problem. The next fifteen years would be a drag. Yeah. I'll just go. I'll go back now. I'll be now. Now's good. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm I'm amazed, but no, almost no one has gone back to earlier than now, which tells you something about just the, the sort of guests I have on. They're either quite content or have very little imagination. <laughs> <laughs> really fascinated to know by the end of this which uh, column I fall under but I think I, I think you should start but the thing is you you get very good high octane guests who have done a lot mm. of good things in their life I would right. just I would say I'm probably the least successful guest you've ever had on this show and okay who is I'm not going to name them <laughs> but I think if you if you sort of if you were to just go outside and, and just get someone off the street and go, right, you're on my podcast, they'd all be like, I want to go back to before I cut my leg off. <laughs> That's true. If you had your leg cut off, I can see you wanting to go back. I mean, you you wouldn't go back, would you? You wouldn't go back. Sometimes I think oh, if I could go back to my 20s with the stuff I know now, I'd you know, it's not that I don't know where I am, but maybe I could have got it quicker. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and also made a bit more of, I feel like there were probably years that I wasted by being too sort of shy or worried about it. Mm. Where I go like, oh, I could have really cleaned up. I think you would I think you would just end up fucking up in a different way. Mm. I think that's usually how it goes, don't you? Thank you for believing in me. <laughs> um, now, the, There's a welcome of hostility to this episode. <laughs> Welcome back to life. We've missed mm. you, but the living also wants to talk about films with you. Yeah. Can you imagine? First thing they want to know is, what was the last film you saw, Sean McLaughlin? The last film I saw was a really good film, which is lucky it? for this. It was yeah. the Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel. Where's you, Anderson? <laughs> you've heard of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. I think it's a really good film. I think it's really fun and funny and, yeah, it's just a great uh, jaunt, isn't it? It is. I love uh, Ray Fiennes in it. I think he's very, very funny. Mm. I think he's very uh, a good, good comic performer. Yeah, I think it's... I, I like Wes Anderson the most when he's not sort of crowbarring in a lot of um, sort of saccharin. Not saccharin. I do like his other stuff, but this one I feel mm. like he... He really goes for the jugular all out in terms of making like a crowd pleaser. Like it's a pure, it's almost a pure mm. blockbuster. And I really like that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's got some secret darkness. I quite like the secret darkness in it that it brings in towards the end. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you. Sean McLaughlin, who do you think should play you in the film of your life? I'm into, I bet you've got a good one for this. The answer I've got come up with is is Jeremy Irons. I love it. I love it. Because I'd sort of first of all, I don't know who is funding this film about my life, but I don't know what sort of Disney. 
the, Dis, the Disney Corporation. It's a Disney film. They're putting it. John Lasseter's on on executing it. He's executing yeah. it. Uh, Pete Pete Doctor's uh, writing and directing. It's going to be very powerful. Well, yes, I think it is going to be powerful, but it must be based on something I do when I'm older. Because <laughs> I've done nothing of that up to now. Unless it's about when I was 15 and I scored a goal against Seaford Football it Club. Is. Yeah, it is. It is. It it's is. called Seaford Sean. Well, when I was 15, I looked like Jeremy Irons does now. So this is perfect. <laughs> Why I just, Jeremy I like, Irons? I, I like Jeremy Irons. I've watched two things with him recently. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, he's bloody good, isn't he? He's, he's bloody good. So I just thought I'd, I'd put him in. I also think he's he's a classier older man, and I, like physically, I think. Oh, if, right. if I can look like that when I'm older, then I've done well. I'm hoping to be one of those guys who physically look peaks at like 65. I can see that you do look like Messi and Irons, Messi Irons. I can see that. One of the things I watched a bit was he was in the Watchmen TV mm. series. Which is very good, I thought. Very smart, wonderful, very rewarding. Wonderful show. I don't know how they... I mean, what does he make of that? What does he Great make of question. that? Great what does question. He go, they go, you're playing like this... You're playing like an old superhero who's yeah. got a bunch of clones that fuck and you're naked for a lot of it. Right, okay, right, all right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did he know what was going on? That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's... I guess he does. He, see, he seems like he's quite... Um, I think he's with it, isn't he? I think I don't want to. I, I don't want to miss. But I think he said some, he's he's one of the ones that he did say some some dodgy shit a while ago. I think. Well, he's definitely he's definitely getting the job now in my film. <laughs> yeah, this is his comeback. I was going to get all the cancelled performers. The star <laughs> of my biopic. <laughs> uh, lovely choice, uh, Sean McLaughlin. You're a romantic man. I think you're very romantic. God, God, you're romantic. What's the most romantic film you've ever seen? I've chosen for this one, Palm Springs. It's so good, Palm Springs. I'm so glad you said that. I adored it when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, it's fucking great. And I feel like it was, maybe it was a sign of when it was released because that it kind of didn't get as much as it could have got. Yeah. I thought it was so brilliant. I think it's so lovely. It's like a great, great romantic comedy. And I watched yeah. it. It was during the pandemic. It came out at least in the UK, and I thought it was the. It was like one of the best things I saw all of last year, probably. It's so good and really it, romantic in a way that's sort of quite understated and I don't know. It's tremendous, and it's it. also it's only ninety minutes. Like there's not oh, an yeah. there's not an ounce of fat on that film. Yes, please. Yeah, it's it's and it's so smart and uh, so many ideas. Yeah, it's the romantic comedy of. Uh, do you ever see the platform? On Netflix. Yeah, platform. I did see that, the Spanish one. Yeah. I was so impressed by how many, every five minutes they had a new idea. Every five minutes. I agree with that about, well, both of them. But with Palm Springs, it's like the plot twists, but it's all through dialogue. It's all character reveals. None of it's mm. gratuitous or kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's, it's wonderful. I think it's a great film about uh, what I like about it. And I think this cool. is what rom-coms don't do as well as they should. It's about two fun people having fun. And falling in love is really fun. And I think most uh, romantic films sort of forget that. It's really fun, isn't it? God, you falling in love is really fun is the sentence no one says. But it is. That's why people do it, I think. <laughs> that's that's why, so lovely. It's got to be fun, hasn't it? And that's why I think you can, you can see the two actors and they're great. I'm not even like, yeah. you know, 
I don't know that much about them, but I thought they were perfect. Yeah, that's a really nice thing. And it, 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 yeah, falling in love is fun and re- it's usually portrayed as dramatic and hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, but the thing is, I think it does, it does get into that later on because mm. then it becomes about what, you know, what happens when you're in this thing. And, and this is just between you and me, Brett. Okay, good. I think it's at least as good as Groundhog Day. And right. I don't, I'm, I don't give a fuck who knows that. Hang on, there's very mixed messages. Firstly, you between you and me, between us, between you and me, on the podcast, and then you said I don't care who knows. What do you want me to do with this information? Between you, <laughs> me, and the skywriter I've hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Palm Springs is is as good as, if not better than Groundhog Day. Okay, I want you to know that I'm actually a very good secret keeper, and I will make sure that no one hears that. Okay, okay. Do you know some? Do you know a podcast host that is bad at keeping secrets? Because you need to get me booked on that shit. <laughs> That's what I should have said when you went. Tell me a funny anecdote yeah. about your life. I think Palm Springs is better than Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah, it's it is it, 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 but yeah, very very good. Uh, Sean McLaughlin, what is the best film you ever saw that you never want to see again? This one's easy for me. Go on. Synecdoche, New York. You piece of shit. Why? Because you need to see it at least three times. No, you don't. I'm not, I'm not having that. What do I need you... to see it for? Because there's uh, layers upon layers. <laughs> yeah, I don't... All no, the layers, here's... Sean. I, no, because I think it is... I think it's brilliant. I think it's mm-hmm. magnificent. I think it's a total work of art. Yeah. But I watched it when it was on some TV channel. I think like film four at 11pm. I thought, oh, no. Charlie Kaufman, uh, I'll check it out. And it's really long. And it's it's so it's just too much. It makes me feel too much. And I yeah. did I remember it, it ends, because it ends it ended like two in the morning. Yeah. I'm sat there totally alone watching it. The final word is like the emotional crescendo of the film. Yeah. I and I just I don't think I slept for about three days. I still think about that film all the time. Okay. But you know what? Fair enough. There's only so much I can feel. And I think that yeah. <laughs> that film like pushed me beyond my limits, which means it's really successful, I guess. Yeah. I do think it's a great film. Like Roger Ebert, who we've talked about before, yeah, we love, we love, he said yeah. it was the best film of that decade. He's right. He do you think right. so? I think it's, it, it's tr- like, it's really, really, really special. Yeah, and I it- mean, Rush Hour 3, I think, is the film of the decade. But Sex in <laughs> New York was also very good. It's really, it's really as good as Russell. I, listen, I don't care who knows this, but between you and me, Selective New York is, I think, is as good as Russell Hour 3. Same themes. <laughs> um, so you've seen Selective New York three times. Um, or more, maybe four. I, I think I saw it three times. And, and look, it's not a film I can watch like every day. Like I need gaps. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's a, it's a, it's not an easy. It's not an easy, fun time. It's not like falling in love. I, I think if they edited out all the scenes of him at the dentist, then maybe yeah. I could... If there was like a... Yeah. You know you have a director's cut and it's usually longer. There should be like a, a like a wimp's cut. <laughs> Going to be a yeah. wimp's cut where you cut That's out all true. the... Because I thought there's, so, there's almost too many ideas, you know. It's like... Yeah. I don't even know. The themes are so... It's sort of about everything. It is about everything, but the the thing I take from it that for for a film that is about, and I think it's very relatable, and maybe I've talked about this before, but he's a man obsessed with death and illness and worrying. He's so worried about everything. He's constantly worrying, mm. and yet 
he outlives everyone. He's the, he, he has all this love around him. It's quite mm. moving. Like he's surrounded by people who love and adore him and he, he keeps sort of missing it. He, he's, he's in it, but he can't, he's so analyzing it all the time and overthinking it that he's, he's missing living the That's whole really time. That's really interesting. Yeah. As a creative. Yes. Do you find that that hits harder? Do you think, cause I think it, it is a film about creativity. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident that it's a film about a guy trying to make a work of art. Yeah. I, I think it is about what the toll that that can take on certain people. Yeah, I, I definitely, and I and I think the, the whole idea of never finishing, it's never finished. It's never, you know, he, he's making this play for like 17 years and it yeah. just keeps going because it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. I understand that feeling and I also understand the feeling of the fear of when it is finished because then what do you do? Like yeah. it's so your creative endeavours are, I don't know. Look, if we're going to be serious for a minute, between you and me, don't tell anyone, but I don't care who hears this. When I'm making something or doing something, a gig or anything, or new material, yeah. it's the happiest day. It's where I feel most fulfilled. It's like, I'm, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And when it's done, there's a moment of total panic of like, oh, when, when you finish a job, or it's like, what now? And I almost think that's part of, some people don't finish projects because... They're so consuming the fear of the silence afterwards or the, what are you going to come up with next? Horrifying. Yeah, that's interesting. Is that, is that wor- have you got better with that or is it worse now, you think? I just make sure there's never any gap. <laughs> I just make sure there's four things happening at once. So at yeah, one yeah. point, there'll never, ever, ever be the silence. Perfectly healthy sentence. No need to look into that any deeper. Thank you. That's exactly what I told my therapist. I said we should finish there. What is the best Action! You're an action guy. Quite actually, you run. <laughs> What's the best action film you've ever seen? <laughs> I would say anyone who's ever seen me run. I mean, if someone ran like me in an action film, the studio would shut this shit down in a day. <laughs> you know, why have you met that newborn giraffe star in the newborn <laughs> identity? You run very nicely. You're, you're a very good runner. Very slick. I yes. Describe it as slick. Thank you. The best action film. Yeah, and I do think you know art is about opinion, but this one there is, there is no opinion. Yeah, it it is one of the most recent three Mission Impossible's. They are the best ones, and I think if you don't think that, this between you and me, yeah, yeah, no one else needs to know this, but you can tell yeah. anyone you want this. If you okay. don't think that, then you're yeah. a, am I allowed to swear? Uh, yeah, okay. You're a fucking dickhead if you don't. Wow, think that. wow! <laughs> Did anyone hear that? Jesus. Don't, no, but that's between that's between you and me, so no one yeah, can hear yeah, that. I'm not gonna, but I'm I will. Anyone can hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're just. I think there's no. I think they're so good. I think they've. Uh, you, I think Tom Cruise has found yeah. in Christopher McQuarrie, I guess in particular, they're like the perfect. They're the Scorsese De Niro of action. Hundred percent. I think yeah. it, it's like yeah. I, I think I think they're. I ca- I can't pick between them. I think I'd probably pick. Ghost Protocol, if pushed, because it has right. the Burj Khalifa bit that when I first watched that, I thought my I thought my toenails were going to come off because it was so entertaining. Is that the top, the biggest building in the world bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very good, that one. I love it. I mean, yeah. they're great, aren't they? I really love them and I agree with you and I, I, I do love, you know, I love stunts and they, they do real stunts in them and I like that Tom Cruise does stunts and there's not a lot of CGI going on. They're very well choreographed directed action 
It's great. You're not you're entirely miss- wrong, except you're for gonna- Mad Max Fury Road. My- no, wow. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. It's your episode. I'm not going to tell anyone. I don't care. Who knows no, I do. I do know. I, 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 you know, you're a fucking dickhead, but like, that's fine. <laughs> that's so fine, Brett. <laughs> that's, the thing about you is you're sort of all inclusive. It's You'll know a fucking dickhead, but you'll also be like, and that's okay. That's fine. I'll still hang out with them. I think Tom Cruise... He's one of those yeah. guys that we will miss when he's we will miss when he's gone. Oh. I think he is there will never be another one. There's there's never gonna be another one. He's like a truly him. great movie star and he knows yeah. how to make movies. Yeah. He's great. I even saw the mummy. That's how all in I'm in on him. Yeah. What happened there? Don't know. Do you think? Don't want to think about it. Push yeah, it deep. Don't. <laughs> Push it deep down. <laughs> Something happened there. I don't know what it was. Anyway, of all the films, Sean McLaughlin, of all of them, if you had to, which film do you think you could have made and why? This is the best question, I think. Thank you. A lot of people are really resistant to this. When they have too many, like, what do you mean? You get it. Of course you get it. You're Sean McLaughlin. I don't get it. I wouldn't say I get it, but, like, <laughs> I think it's, it's almost it's too open-ended. If I had to, someone's put a gun up to your head. The problem yeah. is, if I made a film... If yeah. I actually made a film, it would be like The Room. That's the, it would just be so amateurish <laughs> and shit. I, the crew would be so unmotivated. I'd totally lose... I'd lose the crew in the first day. I'd crowbar <laughs> in loads of sex scenes for myself. <laughs> but in terms of... If like I, th- well, thank you. I think in terms of what I would make or something of that, I think it is The Producers. I think I'd make oh, a film nice. like The Producers. Nice. I think everything I sort of love I think things I write and sort of feelings that I try and emote in stuff I write uh, I think you see that in the producers I think it's a great great comedy yeah I I think it's I think it's 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 everything I think I think it's it's so brilliant and I think it really holds up and it's so entertaining and yeah I love it what a surprising and excellent answer okay why? How is that surprising? I don't know. I think I I thought you'd go. I, I don't know. If you put kind of bed and said, "What do you think, Shulmatow?" I'd have thought you'd have picked like a drama. And I didn't know you loved the producers, and I love the producers. It's amazing. I I really love it. I think it's weirdly underrated, which is strange yeah. given it's the most acclaimed comedy ever. <laughs> but yeah. I think actually, I know what you mean because it's because it is it is like audacious and like provocative and silly and and really funny. I think it. I think it's got like a huge heart. Yeah, it's about like two people who are quite lost finding each other and sort of spurring each other on. Yeah. It's quite sweet in a in a weird way. It's like it's like it's like Mel Brooks. It's sort of naughty and cheeky, but it's also full of heart and lovely. And yeah, yeah, it's really um, it's stirring. I find it quite stirring because it's yeah. about show business and it's, you know, and I'm a sucker for that. I, I mean, there's a few of my choices have got that sort of thing. I, I think it's, I really love it. I really, really love it. Um, I like that. Hmm. I like that. Okay. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. 
Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. What an excellent answer. What film have you pretended to like to impress people? The Producers. <laughs> really worked. You really went up in my estimations. Oh, good. I don't, um, I, don't, I don't have one for this. I think the problem is I've got, there's so many films that I've not seen mm-hmm. that I've pretended to see. So I guess it's probably the same as, it'd probably be one of those. And that's one you, of the questions. Yeah, you, you, you're an honest guy. I think you'd like telling someone, I don't like that film that you like. I Yeah, and but also I think my standards are quite low and it takes a lot for me to not like something. I'm one of the worst people to ask like tips for because I, I, I really, especially if I'm seeing a show or if I'm seeing mm-hmm. a film, you have to go a long way for me to really be against it. So yeah, I, I, I sort of like most films or at least I go, oh, they got it ma- I watched the Eddie Murphy comedy Meet Dave right a few weeks yeah. ago when I was hungover. And I, that is one of the most critically mauled films of recent years. And I thought, yeah. this is fine. There's no problem here. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's a spaceship being driven by Eddie Murphy. What a, what a, this is. It's a wonderful no concept. Yeah. It is a wonderful concept. He's so, a yeah. spaceship driven by himself. Yes. Yeah, aren't we all? I don't have any questions. Thank you. What film have you never seen that you think it's mad you've never seen it? There's like, I mean, there's so many, isn't there? And this is this is linked to the last one. Mm. I had to pick one. Mm. Well, actually, it's not even one. I've basically never seen any Stanley Kubrick film, I don't think. That is mad. What is the film you love that you don't <laughs> expect anyone else to like? Fucking wanker, man. <laughs> Ever since you fucking went to Hollywood... <laughs> You were so nice when you used to live in South London with me, out on the corner, sharing sharing Coca Cola. We used to share a can of pop and talk about what it's going to be like when we make it to California. And I said, one day I'm going to write a question that's going to make me laugh every single time I do it. <laughs> one day I'm going to get out there and I'm going to ask everyone, "What's the film you think it's mad you've never seen?" And then they're going to ask me, and I'm going to say, "That is mad," and I'm going to move on. The best thing about this, and listeners should know, is Brett's in LA, I'm in London. I'm recording this at almost six o'clock at night on a Friday. <laughs> Brett, it's like, what, eight? You've just woken up, basically. Yeah. And, and the first thing you've done is just cuss me, <laughs> like mug me off. Yeah, what a day. Yeah. <sighs> Ready for the day. <laughs> Made uh, sure we look like a plum. So. <laughs> what is the film you love? that you don't expect anyone else to like. A lot of people do like this film, but I think they're people who are exactly like me. Okay. And this film is Basketball. Love Basketball. Do you, do you love Basketball? I do love Basketball. Basketball, the people who make it 
who yeah. made it hate it. Oh, do they? And I don't know if it's something that you just have to have been there. Like I was, yeah, I was like a perfect teenager yeah. viewer of they, it. Do they, and, have they disowned it? They just say, it's, I think they, they act like it's a really crap film. But I was yeah. like, I think it's really funny. Like it's, it's really, so funny. it's just like a dumb, like it's, you know, it's a bit puerile, but I think there's a load of gags in it and there's more hits than misses. Yeah. I, re- I really, I, I mean, I like it. It's definitely, it's always going to have a place in my heart. It's like a big teenage film for me. And we used to watch it at parties a lot. I love them. I, I, I wonder if it's, you know, I haven't seen it in many years. I wonder if it would be one where you'd go like, ooh, when you watch it now. But definitely laughed. Oh, we laughed. Yeah, it's great. It's just a big, yeah. it's just a dumb film about <laughs> some made up sport. What's wrong there's with that? Funny, there's some funny shit in it. Really funny shit in it. But I think it is, I think there's a very narrow band of people. I think, mm. yeah, you had to have been there. You had okay. to have been there to really, I don't know. Enjoy it. What's the film you would show a lover as a test to see if you should be together? Did you, did you do this test with your wife? I think I did. <gasps> yes. I've done this test. Love this about you. I've done this test with a few people. Okay. Love it. And everyone has passed. <laughs> This is the film that is I could have answered for so many of them. It is Broadway Danny Rose. Wow. Yes. It is the most romantic film as well, probably. It's full of surprises today. What? what? Am I? I don't know. I, listen, when you were last on the show, you spent 45 minutes talking about Moneyball. And, and this... Biggest time... mistake of my life, by the way, that. I'm still getting tweets about that. <laughs> and this... And today you've got so many show busy, show busy, lovely, warm, lovely, big hearted films. It's interesting. Yeah, I think I've, 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 you know, softened up in my old age, maybe. You fall in love and that was fun. Broadway Danny Rose, I think, is like, it's so wonderful. And I think it is a good thing to show because I feel like there's a lot of myself in that because it's about kind of small time show business. And I just, I think it's a wonderful film, Broadway Danny mm. Rose. And it, you know, Woody Allen is is whatever he is. You know, he's not perfect. He has his peccadilloes. <laughs> I think, look, look, is he a sexual deviant? Yes. Is he a hack? Yes. But let's put that to one side. He had a great run. He really did. And I, I'm not ready. I, I think that's the point where we, we stop. We go, okay, yeah, we dismiss him, but not to the point where we can't enjoy I think Broadway Danny Rose is like it's magnificent and it's sweet and it's Hmm. the the cinematography is amazing and the music is amazing it feels like it's like a tribute like a love letter to being in show business yeah but I don't think you need to be in show business to enjoy it I think it's uh I I think it's wonderful that film I think it's his best one I think it's probably his best one you're you're lovely today thanks man glad one of us is speaking of (laughs) Speaking of making you uncomfortable, what's the film that made you the most uncomfortable? Right, this one's this one's a weird one. Okay. I saw this film right in the cinema a couple of years ago with my sister, and we'd heard it was great. And we I didn't know much about it, but she was like, no, the reviews are amazing. It's this film called The Souvenir. Oh my way. Oh my ways. One of the most critically acclaimed films of the mm-hmm. of the decade. Yeah. And uh the film starts, right? And there's this, there's like a house party in London and uh, you've got all these dynamic, vibrant people 
and they're all like having chat. They're young people. They're having passionate chats about being young and about the world, about figuring things out. And it sort of pans through all of them, and it focuses on this one girl. And I didn't know I didn't know who was in the film or what it was about. And the and then I realized pretty soon, oh, she's the main character. And I thought, mm. what a shame that we're in this room uh, full of really cool, dynamic young people. And the lead character of this fucking film is literally the most boring person in the room. But literally <laughs> the most boring fucking person <laughs> sits there, wet blanket, nothing. And then the film is about her. And apparently it's, the, so it's about the director. Yeah. Right. It's about the di- director. But then they never introduce this character. They never, nothing happens in this film. But the critics, the thing that made me uncomfortable was the, the critical notices this film got were like saying, this is the greatest, most relatable story of a doomed relationship. And I thought, what the fuck? It made me uncomfortable because I thought, oh, I, I'm probably not expressing this that well. I thought every single character in that film was flamboyantly wealthy and none of it was justified or introduced. And what made me uncomfortable was knowing that every film critic in Britain was like, what a relatable film. I thought, well, I guess in that case, the media are liars. I mean, is that, was that the point of the film? (laughs) Was to make me doubt the media? Because I was like, it's all just posh people telling people, oh no, these posh people are what you're like. It's a tough watch. I can't lie. It is a tough watch. I think none of the characters do anything. No one reacts to anything. One of the, the bloke in it is like, oh, he's a heroin addict. Well, they, you never see any of it. Doesn't mean, you may as well said he's in clown college. Like, it doesn't, doesn't really happens. <laughs> and everyone's like, he's such a good actor. And I was like, is he a good actor? Or does he just have a fucking scar on his face? Like, I think it's true. I think the whole film is a fucking con. It sickens me, that film. And she's made a sequel. What happens yeah, in the sequel? Nothing, I imagine. And then there's another one coming. There's, it's, it's a trilogy. It's like Lord of the Rings. It's like Lord of the Rings if there was no Hobbit or Ring or Gollum and they lived in London and they didn't go anywhere. I, it, it made me uncomfortable like how a film like that could ever be. I don't know. Uh, what I will say is I'm wary whenever I see a film getting five stars by all the critics and it's like, uh, I know that film is going to be really, really slow. Mm. I th- I think is I can deal with slow. I like fil- yeah. my my ideal film is just like <laughs> Steve Buscemi in a room coughing for an hour and a half. I don't need <laughs> stuff to happen. But this this was the, I was like insulted as an audience member that you would. I, I I don't know. I'd probably sound like an idiot. Probably go what an uncultured fool. But I thought I just thought I thought it was so weak. I find it difficult to watch plus people. None of the characters were introduced. Like, none of them. She wasn't introduced. She never showed any. I never got a yeah. sense of who she was or what their relationship was, which is bad storytelling. I mean, that's just bad. Yeah. And I guess if you're an everyman trope or like an every, you know, a common person, yeah. the audience can fill in the blanks themselves. I thought there is such a divide here between... yeah. And also, if you're going to make a film about a doomed romance between an old heroin addict and a young mm. film student, why don't you make something happen? Why don't, why don't you just make something happen? Why don't you have a conversation? Like he says, yeah, I'm a heroin addict. And then she just doesn't react. 
It may as well have been like a, she may as well just so been like posh. a bin or something. Like, and they just all repressed posh, posh people, so they don't react. But you know that makes it makes for great dramatic scenes where no one reacts <laughs> to anything. Also, someone said to me, I did, it, apparently the woman who's in it. Yeah. I got nothing. Against, look, by the way, I want to make this clear. I got nothing against these people personally, but everyone involved in this is a fucking dickhead. <laughs> Between you, between you and me. Between you and me. Okay. Between you and me. No, of course not. But she was, um, she's never acted before. She was just Tilda, she's Tilda Swinton's daughter. Yeah. Daughter, yeah. So, mm. what? What are we doing here? Guys, what, what are we doing here? What are, what are we doing here, though? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Tilda Swinton's daughter plays, plays the director. In a, and the director goes, yeah, we've even recreated my old flat. Mm. What are you do? I don't... What, what are we doing here? It's what not you, Ghost Protocol, you, is I, it? I, no, it's not Ghost Protocol. It's not even Rush Hour 3. It's not close to Rush Hour 3. I'd agree with that, for sure. No. I, yeah, um, sorry. I probably not. I probably should have been more articulate there. No, but, um, I, I, I think... But I, I, there's something, I think, at the core of society's problems... Yeah, baked into that, that film. film, and I, I probably haven't pierced it enough. No, but I... it's not good enough. And I think <laughs> when I am the king, that film will be the first to be deleted in a Stalinesque no. purge. You, you, you'd get my vote, but as king, you don't need it. So, good luck. <laughs> if you could show a child one film, what would it be? <clears throat> that child be, I guess, the souvenir. Uh, and I'd be like, this is what the world is. This is what we're up against. I would show them a film that I loved as a child hmm. that I probably was too young to watch, but I adored it, called Pleasantville. I love Pleasantville. It's love a really it so much. great, entertaining film. Yeah. And it's about tolerance yeah. and open-mindedness and the dangers of of closing yourself off and the dangers of... Having a, yeah, have a small worldview and oppression, and I, it's very entertaining. There's a scene where the mum fingers herself in a bath. I had no idea what she was doing until I was about 21, and I went, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's what she's doing." I thought she was just having a really fun bath. Have it made the world go colourful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's a really great. Um, it's sort of like a. It's almost like a fairy tale, and sort of how it's told, and it feels like it's it's very moral. When the kids need to watch stuff with morals, don't they? Yeah, because I don't think the um, I don't think the unboxing videos have got much morals. So I think I don't think people are unboxing the stuff for the kids on YouTube and saying stuff yeah. like you know don't don't hate don't hate Eastern Europeans. We're all the same. <laughs> anyway, inside this box, <laughs> um, yeah, oh, interesting. Is that a good one. Yeah, I love Pleasantville. Love it. It, it it means a lot to me. It feels very special to me that film. Oh, I does saw it? it oh, my, that's good. Yeah, know. I saw it with my. Da- it was the surprise film at the London Film Festival. Me and my dad went years and years ago, and I'd seen the trailer, and the trailer looked stupid. I was like, "This film looks stupid," and and the, they don't tell you when it's the surprise film. It just started, and it's a pleasant film, pleasant film. And I turned to my dad, and he was like, "What's this?" And I was like, mm, "I don't know." thinking this would be shit and we loved it so much and we talked about it all the way home we talked about it all the next day it's really mm. special to me that it's beautiful brilliant yeah oh that's really good to hear i think it's um i think it is a special film in general and it's sort of yeah. um 
it's weird that it's uh i guess it was a hit wasn't it like people know it people know it they know it was massive but it's deep it's really deep and there, there's the bit where basically if you haven't seen the film simple black and white and when people kind of have an emotional breakthrough they turn into color and toby Maguire keeps there's a scene where he where he i don't want to spoil it but where he thinks he's going to have his breakthrough and he wakes up in the morning and he's still black and white because that's not his journey. It's very moving. Yeah, it's really, it's really, um, it's really moving, I think. And yeah. very, um, very funny. It's a film that is, it starts off good and it gets better and better, mm. which is all you can ever ask for, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what well, I would show. I would show a little kid that. I'd go, you watch this, you watch this shit. You watch this and then you get out. Watch don't this. tell your mum. Watch this and get out. And don't don't tell your mum that I abducted you. I'll show you Pleasantville. It's honestly it's be around good, but she's not going to understand that. It's going to look weird. So if you if you tell this to the police, <laughs> look, all right. this is between us, and I don't care who knows this. But I've abducted you because I want you to learn some morals because of all those fucking unboxing videos. Watch Pleasantville, and I will take you home. <laughs> Sean McLaughlin, you have been wonderful. I'm so glad I brought you back to life. You've been so good, in fact. I'm going to let you live. But before you go, what film would you like to leave in your will? What the fuck are you... What what film would I like to leave in my will? Is it one of the ones I have to mention? I've already mentioned, or can it be any film? It can be anything. What film would I leave in my will? Yeah, one film you'd leave behind. People to remember you back. Shanghai Noon. Lovely, really lovely. Sean McGuffin, I don't mind, this is between us and I don't care who hears it. You've been magnificent. I've really loved this. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it so much that I might come up with a new way to kill you so I can have you back really? again. Yeah, I really, I really like you. Oh, thanks, man. It's been a real treat. And um, between you and me, thanks for you're a fucking dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything you want to tell people to look out for are you, are you touring gigging making going stuff? on tour this year across the UK and Europe and potentially yes. the rest of the world uh, go on yes. my website to buy tickets please it's going to be an hour and a half of stand up from me and it's going to be um, it's going to be good I think magnificent it should be good the European dates I think are coming at the end of January so brand, brand new, new show, show. Yes. yes. It's it called, called So Be It. It's as, yes, I mean, you just you have to call it something, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're doing stand-up again. You're doing gigs. Are you only doing gigs yeah. in America or are you doing them here as well? Uh, I'm back soon. I'll be doing them in, in the in the Englands too. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe we'll have a gig together. That'd be good. That. That'd be really good. All right. Thank you for your time. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. God bless you. So that was episode 181. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the video with Sean, the secret, the beginnings, the any extra stuff. And head to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. But don't write about a podcast. No one wants to hear your views on the podcast. We want to hear about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a very nice thing to read. Maureen loves it. She's always going on about it. Go on, give it a go. It'll be very nice. Thank you so much to Sean for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come join me next week when my next guest is the brilliant one and only 
Mr. Daniel Rigby. It's Daniel Rigby. Oh, you're going to really like it. Thank you all for listening. So that is it for now. I hope you're all well. Happy New Year. Have a lovely week. And please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.